to our Bible reading. Which this morning is from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 9 to 21. So we make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed us to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So may God's word echo in our hearts. Amen. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. On behalf of BMS, I do want to express a warm appreciation for this church for your long-standing partnership, prayers, and it's really my privilege to, in my first year, to be able to come and, and visit and feel to be a part of this family. I also want to thank Christine and Richard for just being so gracious in hosting my wife, Lon, and I uh, over the weekend. And also to the new Gage, Miriam, and Rob, uh, warm congratulations to you. Today, uh, I'm going to share from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 21, and as our brother kindly read for us. And the theme that I gave is to say this is God's mission. It's not BMS, not as a church not just even as a Christian people. The mission of God is to reconcile all humanity unto him. 
So let me begin by saying that we ask from the Apostle Paul, why are you so motivated as a missionary, as an evangelist? And Paul shared with us from verses 9 to 11 the sense that he looked at his life, that God has given us one life, all of us. At the end of our earthly existence, we will meet God. And he said, we all must appear at the judgment seat of Christ. And the word appear is a legal language, almost like in a court. It is not a secret appearance, but each one of us will come at that judgment seat of Christ. Now, I realize this question about judgment is not a very popular topic in our days and age. Who are you to judge me? Uh, My life, my money, my talents, how I live my life is up to me. But in the Christian tradition, the Apostle Paul reminds us that our one life is something that God will one day ask us to give an account. He says a public appearance of that judgment seat. It is each one of us, not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O Lord, coming at the foot of the cross. And that this judgment is to be made not only for Christian people, but for the whole world, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslim, secularists, we all will come at that judgment seat of Christ. You know, once they have this story, they say you go up to heaven, and to your surprise, they are full of clocks. And this young boy went to ask St. Peter, why are there so many clocks in heaven? And St. Peter says, oh, during your earthly life, whenever we sin, the, the hands of the clock will move. And being a busybody, he went to look at the senior minister's clock and he moved rather slowly and said, oh, it's not bad. My senior minister during his earthly life have committed very few sins on earth. And then he went to look at the youth minister's clock, the youth pastor. He moved rather quickly and said, oh, dear me, my youth minister during his earthly life committed quite a regular habit of uh, sins and that's why the clock hands keep moving and then he couldn't find his clock and he said he thought he has escaped judgment and he asked St. Peter, where's my clock? St. Peter says, yours we use it as a fan (laughs) (laughs) now that that may be a rather light hearted uh, view of judgment you know but Paul says Even though we, Paul said, including himself, we all will appear. Of course, this is not the judgment of salvation in the sense that if you and I have come under the cross of Christ, receive the gift of salvation, our salvation is secure. But I think many people misunderstood and think that then it doesn't matter how we live our lives. World mission is God's mission, it's not our mission. It belongs to some mission committee or the mission planning team or people who have the calling to be a missionary. But Paul here is saying that we all. And what he meant in the context of 
by judgment in the context of 2 Corinthians 5 is in this ministry of reconciliation. Not your salvation, although your salvation is secured, but God gave you one life. How you spend your money, your time, your talents, your home, as a church. This is the blessings of free gift of God. But Paul says we are to think about it as globally today. What that means I would present to us is that today we have about Africa has the largest, uh, has the most Christians of 30 million uh, up there in the Christians population. Today we have 2.5 billion people in 2018. Out of 7.6 billion people, Christians are about 33%. Of course, there's all kinds of Christians, even within Europe and and North America. uh, We we still need to see that uh, even though in Europe, North America, and Australia, the traditional Christian homeland, people who say they are Christians, there is a need for mission in terms of the re-evangelization of Europe. But Asia has less than 9% Christian. 60% of the world's population are in Asia, less than about 9% are Christian today. In the bar chart here, uh, where we find the, the blue is that in the global north, Christians in the traditional uh, Western society, in the year 1910, 80% of the Christians are among Western people. But now, there's less than 40% in 2018 in the traditional Western countries like Europe, North America, and, and Australia that are Christians. In contrast, countries that we say the global south, uh, uh, in the red color there, and you see from less than 20% in 1910, 100 years ago, and now we have almost uh, 60 over percent. 66% of the Christians today live in the global south, so-called the non-Western countries. However, the, the, the last chart there that shows 66% of the economic resources in the blue color today still belongs to the Western world. So we live in this quite interesting time. The challenge where most of the Christian mission mission force are coming from the non-Western world. But the resources, experiences, and the history of mission still resides among the Western world. So what would that mean if we want to take Paul's challenge seriously that God gave us these resources? It means increasingly there are not as many young people from the West going out with BMS to be missionaries, what we call their link partner. But increasingly, BMS is working in partnership, in training, in resourcing the African church, the Latin American church, and the Asian church to reach the gospel, to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. So the sense of judgment is that you and I here in the West may have money, 
but our brothers and sisters from the global south have people and passion, and we are to partner together. Next slide, back to the Apostle Paul. Why are you such a motivated missionary of all time? He says that not only I look at God my, as my judge, but Christ as my loving saviour. The love of Christ controls us. In such a way that Paul says we no longer live for ourselves, but for Christ. In the dates in Israel, there's uh, two land lakes, they're both called seas, uh, they're lakes, the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. Dead Sea, water flows into it, there's an inlet, but no outlet. It's just the water flows into the Dead Sea, inlet, but no outlet. As a result, there's no real life within the Dead Sea, and that's why it's called Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee, water flows into it, there's an inlet, but there's also an outlet. And I think it is a thought-provoking metaphor or picture of a challenge for the mission of the church, including us as individuals, we who receive the gospel traditionally in the West, Uh, For hundreds of years, the Western world was the center of gravity of Christianity. But in our lifetime, we have seen what was the decline, and yet there's a growth in the non-Western world. About 20 years ago, I was at a conference where this old professor, Andrew Walls, who had the study for the center of non-Western Christian movement in Edinburgh, and Walls says that in our lifetime, we experience the greatest recession of Christianity in the West and the greatest ascension of Christianity in the non-Western world. And somebody at the end of that lecture room asked him, why is it that Christianity have declined in the West? And Andrew Walls says that unlike other religions, The nature of Christianity is that Christianity exists and lives through the crossing of cultural boundaries. If we continue to build bigger and bigger cathedrals, if we spend most of our money for ourselves, then the nature of the gospel has been compromised because the very essence of Christianity is that it exists and it lives through the crossing of cultural boundaries. And walls challenge us afresh for the re-evangelization of mission in Europe, for the revival of the church, whether it's Western church or Korean church or the Brazilian churches today. We have to come back to this principle that we no longer live for ourselves. Blessings that flows into the four walls of this church. If you retain it for ourselves, It will only contribute to our spiritual deadness, our spiritual sterility. It's a question for ourselves as Christians, as individuals, as families, but likewise, it is a question for the church. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, we no longer look at life from a purely materialistic world. It is the love of Christ that constrains us. Next slide tells us 
of these fragile states. BMS has three major thematic commitments. We are committed to the least evangelized region. That means 50% of the gifts that churches give to us, we have this commitment that 50% will go to the least evangelized region where there's no church in their midst. Secondly, 30% of our this giving, we focus on what we call 10 of the 20 most fragile states. They come places like Chad, like Mozambique, like North Korea, wherever that belongs to these most fragile states, BMS continue to seek to bring the gospel. We bring the gospel in word and deed, not just preaching, but in many of these countries, we can no longer send missionaries. But as you supported Claire, or you think about the medical work, we work all over uh, the world, especially in these fragile states, but also in education. So the church, uh, the local church are resilient in many of these African churches, but they need the resources and, and support from the traditionally uh, wealthy Christian brothers and sisters. BMS work in partnership with the Baptist World Aid Networks. Wherever there's a relief or there's a catastrophe, funds that come will be poured out into many of these fragile states. And that is one way as an expression, in the sense that when you give to mission, we are not using it to evangelize, but also we realize that the nature of the gospel is to demonstrate the love of Christ that includes both word and deeds. Lastly, I will say that we, we ask the Apostle Paul, what, why are you so motivated? Today, how can we as Christians in the 21st century ask Paul, why are you so motivated as a Christian missionary? Paul says, it is because of the gospel is a great story of divine initiative. In chapter 5, verse 18, the message of reconciliation, it began with God who reconciled us. It is not because we are better than other races, than other nations. God blessed the gospel to Great Britain solely out of the grace of God. It's a great story of divine initiative, but it's also a great story of divine acquittal. God, who look at humanity's sin, look at our sin, and when the judgment fell on us, it fell on the cross of Christ. He no longer counts our trespasses against us. And last but not least, the gospel is a great story of divine substitution. I grew up uh, as a Buddhist. I've never met a Christian in my life until I was about 15 or 16 years old. The first time someone gave me the Bible was when I was at, at the age of 17 years old. I'm thinking, for example, still in many parts of our world today, a country like Thailand, where I just received this uh, Facebook video from one of a new one of a BMS worker working in North Thailand, where he says in this place by a thousand miles there's not a single church. 
He's living in a community in North Thailand where he said he's 100% Buddhist. We work with our partners in Lebanon to train workers into Syria, into Iraq, into Egypt. And many of these people were former Muslims who are now going back into the Muslim world. The gospel is a great story. And why we are committed, although we may not yet, not all of you will be able to go out as missionaries through your partnership with BMS. We say BMS is a Baptist mission. We'd like you to partner with all agencies, but we hope that you see the Baptist mission is a mission that belongs to the Baptist church. That when you support us, we seek to release the gospel on your behalf because it is a great story of divine initiative. A great story of divine acquittal that needs to be shared with others as well. And a great story of divine substitution where Christ, who had no sin, was made to be sin. So that we, former Buddhists, or my friends who were former Muslims in Malaysia, who were ones who have sinned in our lives, when we received the gospel, became the righteousness of God. So brothers and sisters, as we close this service, in a personal way, may I thank you on behalf of BMS for your partnership in this great gospel. But as you go out on your Mondays to Fridays, you are also an ambassador of Christ. You have friends, you have colleagues, you have schoolmates that you meet every day. May you live out with this deep sense of awareness that we do not deserve this gospel. It began with God, but it is great gospel that we can share with everyone else. So this is the last slide. God's part has completed historically, but he gave us this ministry of reconciliation. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And today, God is making his appeal to us, through us, to be with God. Let us pray. Father, we pray that today, may you draw our hearts full of gratitude to this free gift of salvation that you have given to each one of us here. We think of a hundred of years, over 200 years, the Baptist Missionary Society have sent mission workers throughout the world. And we are privileged to see that churches in Africa, in Latin America and Asia have grown. And yet, Lord, we are mindful of the world's least evangelized regions, that there are still many who do not know you. We thank you, Lord, that you have committed to us this message of reconciliation. Where we are unreconciled with one another, may you bring healing and forgiveness within this church. Where we have kept the free gift of your gospel just within the four walls of a church, may we be empowered, re-energized, and recommissioned to be God's ambassadors on Mondays to Fridays. 
among our neighborhoods, our colleagues at work, and in our schools. Bless us and encourage us, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.